0: The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Couture, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week.
1: there's there's only one way to um introduce that and hardy i think you should introduce it the way you would introduce it oh this wine right here right Uh, right in in the the, uh
2: extra dimensional wine co yeah full king crab two two two
1: (laughs) i did was i wrong there you go (laughs) (laughs) hey
3: everybody welcome to the winemakers i'm john myers with Full table today, Brian Casey, Bart Hanson, Hardy Wallace, Sam Katori, and Phil Katori. Hey, welcome, guys. And James Joyner, hanging around in the back. Working in the shadows. You know, he's shooting through the weeds, man. So <laughs> That could mean two different yeah, he's things. definitely
4: so. in the weeds.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Good morning, everybody. What a beautiful day in Sonoma, huh? Yeah,
0: yeah, at last. There was no fog this morning, which was great. No,
3: well, yeah, what's well, happening Walk into the mic and what's happening in the fields right now? I mean,
1: it seems to be a very well, late well, well, we'll, year.
0: We're, we're, we're starting. We're starting. It's, it's first of May. It's, no, it's the first of June. We just oh, got. It just got. Just got through of May, and I know it says. Uh, uh, I think it's February. No, it's not February. It's July seventh, fourteenth, thirteenth. The vines think it's first week of June, so you know you do the math. We'll be harvesting. When's your birthday? November. <laughs> so, but it, it's, and, and actually, actually the, uh, the heat summations, the degree days is mimicking 2010. 2010 was different than this. We didn't have a heat spike until August. I think it was August 8th or August 15th, something like that. Wow. And we've had a couple of heat spikes, but we're going to get hundred degrees hopefully this weekend and then cool right back off. But it is what it is. With all the moisture, all the snow, we just attract moisture and coldness. So,
1: and so, so, then, so, Phil, if you if you could ignore the actual date and how far back we are, what do you think of like the season, right? Like
0: the the you know the vines had such a, a, a respite. They had cold. We had cold weather. We had all this moisture. They're, they needed something to bring them back to a, a, a different rhythm. That we had for the for probably since 2015 and 14, right? Uh, and, and you know we had rain in in, in 17, the rain, rain in 19, but the heat, that relentless heat that we've had, and and the plants going on this 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 uh, 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 escalator going up and down, up and down as far as growth patterns, and we had hard freezes last year. Right. So there was true dormancy, right? And and and, 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 that, and and like everyone around this table, we like to sleep. You know, at seventy, I don't sleep that much anymore, but I like to fall asleep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but then I wake up. But it, it, it's well, that it just it, 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 the vines are are very happy and they're very balanced. Uh, the set is is mediocre, but the the, the berry size is probably going to be big. There's one one maybe two seeds per, per, per berry. Uh, other, some places are just totally aborted because of the hot and cold weathers that we had during during bloom. But it's I can't I I'm loving what's going on and the flowers the the, the lushness yeah. of, of the year.
1: I mean it's it's th- this true dormancy thing is something that's that's not really maybe talked about because we haven't had it, but it's something right. Oh, it it
0: it, it is something. Uh, and and you know what what. Uh, what happened in, in 21 when we had that rain at the end of, of, of uh, uh, what was it, 22, the, the, the end of October, and we had that eight inch, nine inch of, uh, inches of rain, and then we had the vines kept growing through November. Then the, the following year, we had great canopies. yeah, had 22 and 23. Right. In 23, we had these great canopies because of that <coughs> that, pro, that prolonged carbohydrate buildup. And now we have great canopies because of the dormancy, and the moisture we have going on for that.
4: So. when it comes to the two seed one seed um what does that do
0: no seeds, what he said. <laughs> no,
4: seeds no sticks yeah. no stems um but from like a winemaking standpoint and and maybe hardy you can weigh on this if you have a, a thought bart what does that do for the wine and and for the vintage what what does it affect growth wise ripening wise to have you know fewer seeds
0: um Having fewer plants have, have are really tied into the, the environment and they're self-regulating. And by having this this mediocre set, last year we had a mediocre set. We only had a single seed for the most part. This year we have the same thing. So it's, it's, it's monitoring, it's managing the crop level that we're really going to have. What happened last year was the single seed when we had the heat spike, in Labor Day weekend, the, the Cabernet, the small berry varieties just the, just dried up, um, and and then we had two inches of rain, and, and it took forever to ripen the, late, the latter stuff because of, of again that, that roller coaster ride that, that the plants are going through. This is is allows us to have a late harvest and hopefully get true ripeness. That getting, you know, the whole idea, and we could talk about what is ripe for the next hundred and twenty years, but I want that seed. A plant, a plant, a plant wants to reproduce. That's the only reason they're on Earth. That's the only reason we're on Earth is to reproduce. And if they get that seed ripe, the plant, the plant's done its job, and we got the flavors we want. So with, and that, with and one seed, I, it's easier to get. Is, right. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 to make it long and short of it, and you know, Labor Day weekend, he maybe we'll be in Boracay. I'm gonna be in Tom. <laughs> 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 but you know it's it, it's it's 2010 great friends 2011 yeah. i think it was even better but it was it was more problematic um but you know since then since 2012 you know 12 was a spectacular vintage, in 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 and 20 and 21 and 22 were problematic you know and and Climate, one way or another they were probably problem- climate change yeah. was uh, at the forefront and, and great vintages you know 17 was it wasn't with the fire later part of 17 would have been great 18 19 you can't if you don't like 2019 then you know stop <laughs> stop go
5: drink
4: anchor steam beer oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. if uh, you quickly, can get quickly, it that's too
0: soon, soon.
1: non-beer drinker no i
4: i loved anchor steam when i could
0: drink beer you
3: know it's sad that they're going out of business yeah. Yeah, it is. closed down by are they owned by japanese sapporo, sapporo. Isn't yeah. That it? yeah yeah
0: but they there were fritz maytag is when it started it. yeah and it did a spectacular job but the you know and the talk about the beginning of the craft beer business, movement yeah you know, they, they, they never left but it, those it huge it, open top fermenters they're they awesome it, it is a shame
6: I used to live on Patrol so I could smell every day uh, when they yeah. were brewing. Yeah, and would just walk through yeah, the neighborhood.
1: Yeah, yeah. No? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're here today uh, with Hardy, but we want to pay uh, respect to a leader in our business. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Phil, do you want to start that? Yeah,
0: the, the passing of Paul Dolan, I guess it oh. was 10 days ago. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, uh, you know, it, it, it is um, a major loss, and historically, that there was the organic movement in viticulture. Uh, there is a germination that occurred here in Sonoma with, my, with myself, uh, the, the Benzigers, uh, and there was one going on simultaneously in Mendocino. And Paul, Paul Dolan, uh, much more classically trained as, as, a, as a winemaker and viticulturist from Fresno than myself, uh, who uh, came in from a, a different approach. But he was really instrumental in teaching a lot of folks organic and biodynamics. Uh, Alan York, yeah. a man who, who died way too young, a, a big proponent mm-hmm. of, of, of biodynamics. Started his started with 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 Bonterra or Guts yeah. or at, at, yeah. at that point, Siego. Yeah. yeah,
1: and and yeah, yeah, was they were all kind of functioning together still at that point. I mean, different ownerships, but yeah, they were all united without a doubt.
0: And, and I believe and it's, it's uh, what he did, corporate wise in 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 a large scale winery with Bonterra and uh, Fetzer and Bonterra and then yeah. back to Fetzer, however the names go, uh, and and the, the his. Dedication to organic, photoculture uh, you know. It's a great loss, and it's a great celebration of of, of his his vision, because how, you know, um, in the eighties, late 70s, trying to find seeds about doing cover crop. You couldn't find the seed. I mean, when I started doing doing cover crops, I'd, I'd have to, you know, you search them out. There was there wasn't the there wasn't an organic there was an organic movement for sure, no infrastructure. But, but no right. infrastructure, no large scale organic movement, you know, and, and uh, uh it, it's, uh, you know, Mike Benziger got, got a lot of inspiration from him yeah. uh, and, and I believe it or not, uh, I think I met him two or three times. Um, and one time I was up skiing with Jim Petzer and, and, and I think Mike was there up in, up in squaw mm-hmm. and it was, it was a real fun, fun day. Um, but, you know, Mendocino and then Lake County, where, where, where Jim moved, moved to, that's out of my neighborhood. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm a very, very you know, provincial person. But the, he was really, really, uh, it's, a, it's a great loss and it, it should be celebrated.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jim, the first time I met Jim was uh, when I first started at Benziger and we took a tour of, um, we took a tour of Ciego. Uh, I'm sorry, first time I met Paul, but uh, was at Jim's uh, Fetcher's Ciego Vineyard. And, you know, it was I was very, very new to Kenwood had farmed organically, but um, I was very new to anything about biodynamics, you know, certainly with and being introduced to it. And just the concept of the way they all started thinking about things, it really changed um, it and it drove it really made Mike passionate about yeah. it and drove Mike to doing like, well, if they can do it, we can do it, yeah. you know? And, and we used to always say that they had challenges where they grew grapes and look how good a job they did and the quality of the fruit they used to have, you know, not unlike anywhere else, but it's pretty hot up there. Right? What
0: it, it is hot. And there's some good things about the heat, the, right. the, you know, as far as mildew control and stuff like that. But the word that you said was the passion. Yeah. You know, when, uh, uh, you know, coming from a traditional, background as he did yeah. and, and um i think he, he married jim's sister right yeah i think so yeah. and uh that the, he he inspired that passion yeah and and uh uh talk, and when you know Benziger coming off of glen allen vineyards at that point and, and starting bringing it raining it back in while Dol- dolan was Expanding it through, through, you know, Fetzer is putting out a lot of wine, and Bonterra put out a lot of wine, but every one of those damn grapes grown in Mendocino was certified organic.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, you you would probably know this more is the percentage of organic vineyards to non organic vineyards up there must be way higher than anything that we saw in Sonoma Napa uh, because they controlled it. They said we want it. Yeah. And so people did it.
0: Yeah, and, and they celebrated and and yes. they paid a little bit more money for it. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, uh, you know, have the the Fry family over over in, in Redwood Valley. I yeah. guess it is that that was a byproduct of that. You know, at the same time, at one point, Gallo had the most organic acreage in Calif in Sonoma County, but he gave it up because of of, of weed control. All of Asti when they, when they took over Asti Ranch. And at the same time that they're trying it and giving it up, he was just pushing it and pushing it and demanding that 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 not demanding by inspiring the other farmers to do it. You know, and um it, it was you know it's it's it is a great loss, but we have to celebrate his his life because we wouldn't have the support that we have now. You know, yeah. So, and that yeah. that's why that uh we had to say something to, to Paul sell. Dolan to Paul Dolan. Oh, cheers. <laughs>
3: Well, thank you, Phil. Yep. Much appreciated. Well said, Dan. Yeah, very well said. Thank see everybody. You. Thanks, everybody. Thanks very much. You can see, see Somebody has to take
0: care of the bios. Exactly. Take days off care of my head <laughs> 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 Ex- expand
2: my horizons i'll i'll be with you on the weekend there you go, on saturday all right ha- hardy get
3: right up into that microphone all right here we are all right there you oh. are
1: indeed so hardy welcome back thank wow. you so much psyched yeah. to be here yeah. Yeah. it's great to have you yeah,
2: yeah. mediocre
1: media <laughs> mediocre so you're really we're, busy we're hurting right right for now. guests
2: Oh, well,
4: <laughs> hardy's got a party let's let's pump it <laughs>
3: hardy you're really busy right
2: now man. oh man i am uh what's going on we have uh well the big thing right now is i mean apart from the regular getting ready for harvest bottling blending releases the big thing is prepping for a tasting room to open about (laughs) 300 yards that way so i'm pointing for those in uh, podcast world um i'm pointing to our east here so just
4: basically just across from broadway if you're we're sitting at the tasting house Across from Broadway, back in Vine Alley. You got it. You got I a mean, fountain. You got a window. It's oh, a, it's a, it's yeah, a, it's I a mean,
1: good spot. You you could hit a golf ball there.
4: Oh, easy. I easy, could yeah, get lucky my... with some wind, maybe hit a golf ball there. And it, probably if That's I aimed the at the plaza, it right so it slices to the... T- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's the... the oh, John, you know it. It's And in fact, one of our first shows ever we recorded there, uh, it was formerly the McLaren tasting room. So.
2: Absolutely. Good spot, good vibes. Nice little spot. Yeah, small small enough that uh we can manage it, right. big enough that we can get in a lot of trouble and, Exactly. Uh,
4: Danny <laughs> Faye know. used to
3: be over there. Right him. around the corner. And, ball. Ball. Yeah, right, and yeah.
4: that's where that's where also friend of the program uh Tom Darling Darlin is now. Yep, so. And yeah.
3: Pasaggio started out there. And Pasaggio yeah,
4: started down also. there and it's uh, you know, lots of uh lots of our friends. I,
1: I tell you what, with you and Tom Darling at the end there, it's a reason to walk back there. Oh, yeah. thank you. It
4: definitely is with all due respect to our friends that are all still there elevates the vine alley game Uh, in a way that probably needed to happen yeah Yeah.
2: well we hope um we've got construction going on right now that we're hoping that we're looking at like a september one um like official opening we may have a little soft opening beforehand but with no upholstery. Um, we're, basically, we'll have all the construction done in the next couple of weeks and we're just really waiting on upholstery after that. Some cushions. Yep. So right. Otherwise, it'll be standing room only or sitting on a uh, bare bench.
4: Soft opening hard seats. Oh, yeah. I like that.
5: <laughs> wow. Oh. Hashtag. Hashtag.
2: Hashtag. <laughs> first one's free. Hardy. First, first one's you. free. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the, that's the big news and then, yeah, just getting ready for, um, this will be, you know, coming up on Vintage 3 for Extra Dimensional but kind of just finishing our second full year and what a wild ride yeah yeah we sure made things easier on
1: ourselves (laughs) (laughs) can we get into this wine absolutely um, right away yeah already did
4: right Right. it's a i mean a great wine to start a hot day without a doubt for sure yeah Yeah, and the wine is the 2022
2: full king crab two from brousseau vineyard in chalone ava so it is um a medley of many uh, many different varieties that we work with at Brousseau. It's about 50% or, excuse me, 40% Chardonnay, 40% Chenin, and then that last 10% is a mix of Roussin, Marsan, and Viognier. But that last 10% is uh, picked a couple weeks later and all co-fermented on the skin. So it's 10% skin contact, which yeah. gives it that beautiful haze and that you know really nice mouth feel and everything. But that um, you still have that brightness of the Chard and Shannon picked a couple weeks beforehand. So it's kind of that finesse meets like. That's, I don't know, that's I, my, that's I my jam. I love this wine. Is, this I've, is like a I've, I've had wine. this
6: wine before. It's so good. We <laughs> yeah, have, this is actually our bottle out <laughs> of our fridge,
4: <laughs> and it's a miracle it lasted this long. Uh, totally. <laughs> yeah. right. No, it's yeah.
2: it's about mouthfeel and texture and aromatics and surprise and. You know, you look at it and you think it's going to be one thing and then it's like takes that left turn and gives you like just enough elegance, just enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it hits you with this kind of brininess um, uh, and the acid and then it becomes rich and like mouth coating. Yeah.
2: It has that like early 80s Gatorade effect. You know, it's kind of like when it used to come in the I glass exactly, bottle. Yeah. Yeah. You green stuff. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. One like, flavor. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And if you could find the orange, you, like, you hit, you know,
4: struck gold. Those those <laughs> bottles are like a collector's item now. Oh, man. People are in, like, go to eBay and you know, spend $300 on an empty bottle of Gatorade I with mean, a torn label. I might yeah. have to do it. <laughs> <What the> fuck <laughs> fuck?
3: No, that's a smart buy, so. Yeah, right. no, no, totally.
4: Yeah. I mean, we could use it in the tasting room.
3: Absolutely. As a decanter. Serve
2: water out of it or something.
3: These are Monterey kind of Yeah, so
2: Bill Brousseau's vineyard up uh, in the Chalonné AVA. So at about 1700 feet right before you hit the entrance to Pinnacles National Park, it's a killer vineyard. It's um old extinct uh undersea volcano that erupted about 30 million years ago. So you've got all that just 30. just yeah. you have got all that vo- volcanic <laughs> meets limestone meets granitic soils and well it's a beautiful spot on this uh, earth, man. It's incredible. Yeah. I, I I definitely I have such I mean for all the regions that I work out of, but like Shalone is like, I, I feel like about Shalone, like a lot of people do about Joshua Tree, mm. um, and there is actually a connection between the two, which we could get into, like plates and you know, it's all it's all the San Andreas fault. You right? got it, and yeah. um, but it does have that like it's a deeper connection than just soil. Like you go up there and you kind of found your like, kind of found a home for your soul, mm. and uh, and it's really friggin' hot. <laughs> so nice. it's like, so that might actually hopefully that doesn't <laughs> like in too much <laughs> feet, it's hot yeah i mean it's because you're facing we're facing um westward so we get all of that heat west facing heat um we are more as opposed to santa lucia highlands on the opposite okay. side and um, we're far enough away from the coast that even though we get some of that morning fog burns off really fast and then you get almost high desert type uh Qualities for the rest of the day. So you even get like chaparral and stuff through the vineyards.
3: Now, have you been getting this kind of fog that we've had around here? It's heavy, heavy, heavy. In the morning, doesn't clear till like one. Yeah, not
4: the same. Yeah, yeah I was just down there, and you see the fog kind of you know even when it's thick as heck. Uh, why am I censoring myself? Um, <laughs> you know, super thick going through Monterey and the mouth of the Salinas Valley. You can you know you look down the Salinas Valley at eleven o'clock and a few miles in the sun is out already right so and this is a few miles in and then also up you know up 1700 feet so even when you know those really foggy days it's probably just kind of gets lapped by the fog as opposed to really being in it right yeah it, and it burns off really quick right. um it's beautiful to see it because you you get as soon as it starts
2: dropping like in those early mornings that you're there you start to see like the Santa lucia Highlands start to pop up you start to feel like I don't know. You get that Steinbecky type feel mm. where, like, all of a sudden the Salinas Valley just starts to appear, and it's like, oh, like this is this is agriculture. Yeah. This yeah. is,
4: uh, but you yeah. get you get the wind from that fog, right? I mean, that's yeah. even when you don't get. That's the cool thing. And Moon Mountain District gets this too, where even if you don't actually get the fog, the air that the fog pushes and pulls. Right. Uh, changes everything. Changes everything. Yeah. yeah,
2: but it is um, it is not cool climate.
4: Is that is one. That is now. one thing for sure.
2: <laughs> it it has a great diurnal. <laughs> so, but it is not. Uh, but that's also the thing I love about it. And where for someone like us that we play in this spot that's a little bit more on that nervy side is that because we get that heat, we're able to get these almost like baked in flavors early on. So I feel like we're getting these mature you know, mature berries at lower bricks and yes we can take it to the moon if we want as far as ripeness but we're able to get flavor texture intensity at you know but we really have to watch that pick because it can slide away from us really fast but we can really actually kind of dance with that edge and that that for me is like the magic is finding those spots where you can actually like push that edge and ride that edge Cause that's where wine gets exciting. Yeah,
1: I I mean, that's, that's really interesting to kind of discuss that and break that down a little bit in that, that you're getting flavors at a lower sugar and, you know, people probably don't even think about that in the, those growing areas and just go, well, I got to get to a number. Um, and and then you get the overbaked or the overdone, yeah. and and because when things are hot, the first thing that happens is acid drops out, right? Yes. over And if you're waiting, under-done. right? You know. Anyway, it, it's a great way to think about it.
4: Yeah, I mean, it ties into what my dad was just saying about the seed ripening. Exactly. You know, ripeness Probably. is flavor. Right. It's not numbers. Right. Numbers are just you know things that we use to you know help. Winemaking—it's ah, yeah. a guide. It's like you know the numbers are when you go out and start tasting things. Right, but it's flavor.
5: Oh,
2: right. flavor matters absolutely. And and like, again, that seed matur-
4: to the Hedra. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that seed maturity <laughs> is huge, though, because that that to me is the part where, as much as I want and appreciate wines that are in that kind of like, call it twelve and a half percent or something that I find is refreshing that I can I even mean, can enjoy the bottle.
0: All of it. Um yeah. And the it, next morning. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And that next day. But what I want is in every one of those berries, you need to see that seed. You need to see it, its color. You need to hear its crunch because that is like, okay, we are now like, we're not like in underripe territory. We have we have ripe fruit. Right, right. Like this fruit is now mature. It is now ready to go. Um, as far as, as your dad was saying, kind of like, it is ready there to like reproduce. It has fulfilled its job as a berry on this right. planet. Yeah. Right. And- that's no, awesome.
6: Party, people, there might be listeners that haven't had your wines before. So
4: what the hell are you doing with your life? <laughs>
6: well, you not- a few Actually <laughs> for extra dimensional, a lot of people haven't. It's, we're so small, maybe dirty and right. rowdy they've had, but, and then, and that's what I was going to say is maybe yeah. people have had dirty and rowdy, but haven't had extra dimensional and just, just kind of a brief, like, um, like a fly what over. Are you What are you trying to do? Like, because I know <laughs> I've, I've had some of your wines and I mean, you yeah. do some unique blends. Um, you do some unique stuff. So like what, what is it? What, what is your message? What is your goal? What are you? I mean, what the hell are you doing? And
1: First it, of all, I just one correction, not some unique things. Yeah. It, they're all unique. Yeah. I mean, they're. Go ahead. In just in <laughs> just
2: a real like flat answer. I'm trying to put my heart into it, like yeah. my whole heart and being into it. And we find things with wine. And I did that with dirty and rowdy with, you know, all the work we did with Mervet and lesser known varieties and skin fermentation and eggs and kind of pushing that in these lesser known regions for, you know, a decade plus. But when all of a sudden you hit a point that you're like, what is the absolute best thing I can do? What is the thing that I can do in wine that isn't just necessarily following the roadmap that I've made before, following something that's kind of, even if, even if I made this roadmap for myself, like, what is the best thing I can do today? And for us, especially where, you know, our first vintages were 21 and 22, as far as what we made for extra dimensional, those were tough years as far as uneven ripening, crazy heat, drought, tiny yields. And to find things that were in vineyards that still were like, I could could single variety vineyard designate this. It will sell. People will like it, but I'm not going to love it because I know like, oh man, like, that has incredible aromatics, but it's kind of tense and stringy, or this is incredible flavors, but in the heat spikes, it's lost a lot of its acidity. And it was really a way for Kate, my wife and I, to like create this roadmap of like, hey, when we have years like 21 and 22, that there's incredible qualities to fruit, but maybe not everything is beautiful on its own. It's almost like, you know, I think I may have used this uh, analogy before where it is like, instead of getting like an entire puzzle put together, you see that beautiful picture all made, you're getting these little puzzle pieces that fall like Tetris pieces. And like, what are the things that can connect to make this beautiful picture that may not be what you thought it was, or what it would be, but it's something beautiful in its own. So for us, we wanted to throw away the conventions of just because, you know, um, you have Syrah, you have to, you know, if you're going to blend with it, you have to use Mervet or Grenache or Cinco or, you know, anything, we had, or if you're doing Bordeaux varieties or... So we wanted to throw all that away and look at, like, as California, Jeez. what is the absolute best thing we can do that is not held to anyone else's traditions i mean because when we think of wine we're built a lot of the modern wine industry is built on replication it's built on saying like hey this is an incredible wine here i want to try to make that here and yeah but i think it's tradition But there are traditions, especially if we think about farming and uh, agriculture, on climates and soils that are so radically different than what we're dealing with. And it doesn't mean we can't do that just as well, or maybe even better, but I think there's something we can do that is ours, something that is like Californian. And we can go back to like some heritage variety type stuff that we do and you all do great jobs with, whether it's yourselves and folks like Chris and Morgan and so many other folks that, you know, are kind of celebrating some real true California stuff. But I think if we look forward, like what we can do in California is actually put together a beautiful like combination and make these beautiful mosaics that like, don't just speak to the history of wine, but they speak to your soul. And that for me is when I talk about putting my whole heart, my whole being into something, it's about something that's beyond just like, it goes through the soil. It goes through the terroir and hopefully it creates something that you have a beautiful emotional response to it takes you backwards in times, forwards in time, you know, goes all the way through quantum. Laterally. Time. Exactly. But it <laughs> should get you, you should put a bottle of that wine in your mouth and be fucking psyched. And That was a really long answer of, uh, (laughs) what we're trying to do. Hardy, you mentioned eggs. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, I mean, back early on, you know, we were early using concrete eggs back in the day and I still use the concrete eggs as well. Um, but I've always worked out of custom crush facilities for the most part and, um, They don't like concrete eggs. They sure don't like concrete (laughs) eggs very much because, um, and the reason is that um, you cannot go vertical with concrete eggs. You cannot stack them on top of each other. Um, But I I love concrete and concrete eggs. They're still um, near and dear to my heart. Um, I just, I love the way, especially white wines ferment in them, um, where I feel like you get that. Constant agitation of the leaves during fermentation, um, and it, even post fermentation, you still get some of that movement without having to without having to stir the barrels. And I feel like it's done in a really gentle way, so we can pick at again these kind of lower levels of bricks and get really nice viscosity, even on non skin fermented wines, um, because you do have that constant agitation. So
4: you have some some eggs up there and I do. The sugar loaf? Yeah.
6: yeah. Hardy, i want i so want to be in on one of your blending sessions uh, so, so like uh, is it is it just like no holds barred like it's do you just taste everything and then go okay because some of your wines i mean they have red and white wines mixed that. together which i think a lot of people don't know i mean Chateau Neuf, if you had some great Neuf the pops or you know there's there's some of that um yeah. that happens but are you Do you taste one wine and then go, this would be good with this? And then, oh, there's a little hole missing, so let's fill it in with this. Like,
1: uh, I'm just
6: completely um, fascinated, but I want to be a fly on the wall when you have one of these sessions.
1: And and I want to add to that because I was going to go the same way. And then is every year there could be a new wine? Yeah, it's, it's really... and maybe one wine won't be back.
2: Absolutely, actually, ninety-nine yeah. percent of the time they won't be back. Right. You know, in this case here, this is the full King Crab two that we're drinking, and any time that we'll redo something or have um, uh, that wine comes back, it will get a basically Roman numeral af- yeah. after it. Um, but to keep trying to make that same thing over and over again if it's not the right choice, that is its own wine. Right. And you know, it, it's a different way in a way of looking at wine as it's really as kind of a continuous line of kind of heritage from this plot this blend that gets made year after year after year if that's not the best thing we can do and even if it's like oh you know this was close enough that it could fit that world but if it's not it, 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 it should be its own thing yeah. but going back to the question on the blending the blending part oh my I, this is like it really feels in many ways like you go through the hero's journey. Um, There is like, fuck, I gotta do this. and Cause it takes a long time to put these blends together. So you're kind of like, you reject the call at first and there's that kind of, oh, you're kind of lured in temptation first couple go pretty easy. Then all of a sudden you're like temptation of like, fuck, I'll just pour it all together and see what we got. Um, And you go through this point of like giant peaks of like victory and self-loathing on the other side of like, I can't do this. But what the goal is, is to really go through and taste all of the lots that we have. So whether it's 35, 40 lots every year, and I start first tasting all of those separately and I start making my notes on them. And you start like making like kind of migrating of them. Like, man, this is like kind of a superstar. This needs a little bit of this. This one's a little low here. You know, you start looking at things like you're building a stone wall. And like this piece is going to fit here. This piece can connect here. And you start writing all that down. And you start looking at first as combinations of, well, okay, if something's, uh, lean with bright aromatics but needs like width and texture um what is the fattest stuff i've got what's the stuff that some of the oldest vine richest material i have um do those combinations work sometimes they do and sometimes it's the exact opposite there's that idea of things where sometimes putting two opposing forces together doesn't actually complement. you know it kind of gives you the worst of everything right. so we have to start looking and sometimes working counterintuitively of saying like oh give me something that um maybe not doesn't have all of what i'm looking for but might be a little more um might be a little more you know, sympathetic with what i'm working with versus really contrasting so it takes for we do two blending sessions a year and each one takes about anywhere from two to three weeks um and actually, this was our fastest that I've ever, ever done. This last one I did um, in mostly in May, May and June, because um, so we now have an assistant, a woman named Jill Davis, who's amazing. And Jill sat with me. Um, bless, her, bless her for uh, sitting through all my fucks and shits yes. and like hazard pay. Exactly. But she, <laughs> you know, she really got to kind of sit through that whole process, and actually, also be an incredible help as well, because we could put together things, move quickly, and kind of we'd write our notes completely separate and then kind of like there was no like oh if you like that i like that too but but so and we'd start breaking that down and the hardest part about it though it's really easy to make a good wine um and for me in blending to make a good wine no problem to make a great wine it's moving that b plus to an a minus at the least to an a to a plus and that is like when you're just it's like drops of like here's an extra like mill of this or a mill of this because we're doing everything by milliliters, and it's that's that's right. when you just want to pull your hair out. Um,
4: Laws of diminishing returns. Oh my and- god!
2: Well, so part of what I do, I blend at the winery, but then I'll take the samples home and I'll blend in the airstream in the driveway. Um, and part of that, so I can so I can pass out um, because you start getting a little bit goofy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you're like, okay. and so a- that was a, that's another question. So is this is this. Five days a week for a couple hours. Is it w- one day until you can't do it anymore? Yeah, what is your process? No,
2: I, I block out usually two weeks at a time, yeah. and it's going to be basically all day until I can't. Um, and often it's you know start at nine, finish at eleven, um, get lunch, right. um, have something a little on the the heartier side, right. um, one o'clock till four o'clock. So it's it's a yeah. good. Yeah. Good full days and then again taking that home at night um if need be and
1: um because it's really amazing how different it for they are <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is amazing how different it is tasting in the winery and tasting at home and tasting oh, yeah. with food and um the uh, all the outside influences.
2: Yeah. I mean my, my biggest influence I try to keep food out of the blending session except bread. Um sometimes you just need something to yeah. absorb. I'm um, just get a baguette. But for me the biggest influence is music. Um is sound. And yeah. you can you have to make those blends to a couple different tracks yeah. because it can really like um it can really get after you like and you're like, "Oh man, like so, I love this song." I, and um right.
4: <laughs> I was definitely I was going to I was totally going to ask about that. Like, what do you like to listen to while uh, you're blending? But also what do you Do you not drink other wine? Do you drink? I listened to an interview a long time ago with with Beck, and he was talking about when he's making a record, the music that he tries to listen to outside of making that record, he wants to find things that are as different as possible from the music that he's making. So what do you listen to while you're blending? And then also, like, is it is it like just beer and Negronis at night or what's the like, how do you balance? the wines that you're making with the wines that you want to be consuming in there
2: yeah i mean on the music side it can range um i i I was um it was kind of funny last year my um you know uh, spotify gives you like your year in review and there's all the different genres and stuff and i i thought like my top genre was gonna be like jam bands or this or that Shamanic, And I, I didn't even know that was a category. I'm like, wow. So it's like. I like, mean, they made that
4: category just for I'm, you. I'm like, like, this <laughs> is like, and it's,
2: it's kind of the vibe. I, I try to listen to a lot of things without, um, without a lot of vocals. Um, you know, it's kind of like um, psychedelic spa music for me. Is like what I really I, I want something that's I'd gonna go to that spot. is gonna create that like <laughs> that canvas. <I> think <laughs> you're going. <I> think <laughs> we're, 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 just give yeah. that uh, give it about fifteen minutes for that wine to kick in, and <laughs> you're, you're like, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> that's. Uh, but I like the boss <laughs> on that fence. <laughs> but it is about it's creating that kind of sonic canvas where you're not necessarily influenced by um, lyrics, or if there are lyrics, it's in a language I don't speak or understand. Mm. Um, so you're trying not to have mm. that. Um, kind of work its way into the blend yeah. but it is funny there were a few times um that you know kind of on playlist that i had that jill had you know brought up as we're kind of working on this like a couple of these trickier blends that she's like this music is just like she's like it, like a couple of parts got a little like nervy or tense she's like it just it makes it feel like we're solving a puzzle, and I'm like, we are. Like, this is puzzle solving. Like the montage ex- of the. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's
2: when, like, the, the you know the throat singing the <laughs> starts coming in with the you know the, the
4: tribal you
2: know bass beats in the back, and you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. Spotify's AI gets crazy on me sometimes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, we're pushing the algorithmic limits here. Exactly. So yeah, so that that's the you know the. Big part as far as sound is really important and it's also you get a you know at one point completely cut it out and you make your final blends sound completely off mm. um it's those wines have to stand on their own but as far as drinking during blending time outside of it to be really honest i don't yeah. um, because you've had enough all day yeah. like you're i mean it's those couple weeks are hard on the body um they're because you even if you're spinning everything you're consuming so much alcohol You're eating my diet's different because you're kind of you need to like fill up to be able to kind of go the distance or go a little further and then you're not sleeping quite as well because you got that boozier sleep and stuff so it's kind of that um role of exhaustion but at the end of it it's like when we're done it's like bubbles or a beer give me bitter and refreshing and then um i'll find some cool whites or skin contact wines um to kind of ease me back in but yeah it's really uh, hard to have any outdoor outside, outside, of outside beverages alcoholic beverages because you're already so boozed up yeah.
6: so what happens if you just get a really killer chardonnay one year and you're like you know what it's it's gonna be a killer chardonnay it's just gonna okay you don't yeah. feel the temptation to have to blend something no, because it, people expect you to have uh, have it blended with something
2: no yeah else. i mean i would say we're about 85 percent um blends you know maybe 90 percent um maybe more um but there are we have had a handful of uh single variety uh vineyard designate wines under extra dimensional and that was truly when there could be nothing i could do right. but make, to you know to make it better um like the 20 uh was it 2021 Brusso vineyard Chenin blanc um like the, you did like you, you just you smelled it and you taste it and you're like just don't touch it. like that is like it was there. Yeah. And um, but something else like the Shendog, um, it was a Shen Dog one that has one percent skin fermented semi And on the back, instead of writing like Shen do- and Shen Blanc or whatever, I think we put just white wine. <laughs> and um, I mean, even though it feels falls right into the scale of like what we could label as Shen and Blanc. Um, but yeah, it's do the best thing possible and like put your heart into it and For me, I want to create an element of both like I love intrigue and surprise, but with that level of like comfort and ease and kind of polish that's underneath.
4: But you need that, like, oh, you need something coming around the corner to like freak you out. Yeah. Well, (laughs) speaking about things that are coming around the corner and that are freaking me out, um, (laughs) I know you're on a time crunch. We have, there's a dinner at Valley next week. And maybe calling it a dinner is even, like, underselling it. It's an extra-dimensional, extrasensory experience, right?
2: It is going to be um, an event. Um,
6: <laughs> an event.
2: So, what's the right way to say this? Um, over the past few years, um, as a winemaker, as all of us in the wine business, um, one of the things I think we enjoy most about wine is smell and aromatics. And I kind of went on a deep dive, like, purely of, like, aromatics um, over the last few years, studying, taking courses, a lot around um, kind of rare and essential oils, but how they actually affect memory, your psyche, and basically how does smell play its role in your life. And smell's the most powerful sense we have. Uh, It's the only sense that we have that bypasses the thalamus. And the thalamus kind of acts as like the traffic cop in our brain. Um, so it's the reason why like right now if you're wearing underwear you can't feel it because your brain tells you like hey that's not important to focus on right now while we can talk but like there might be noise coming from you know the plaza that we're kind of tuning out while we can talk to while we can talk to each other and have the conversation but the smell the sense of smell bypasses all that and even if we're not always consciously registering our aromatics what we're doing is like those are getting registered unconsciously and it's why smell takes us back to like incredible memories it takes you know the you know typical one we talk about is it takes you back to like your grandmother's kitchen table and but it takes us even if we haven't smelled those smells in years or even registered those like oh like this you know the smell of this closet or the smell of this place as soon as we smell it we're there we feel it and it's not just that we're there in a kind of physical sense or even like just creating a visual memory it takes us back to that emotional memory it takes us back to that more powerful feeling space so smell has been something that i've worked on for a long time and i just i just love it it's it's my it's it's it is a drug to me i want to snap this microphone in half because i like smell so much but it's like (laughs) it's like that's my george the animal steel turnbuckle like (laughs) wrestling like give me a wrestling chair i'll smack someone with it but no i i love it because it is so <laughs> it is so powerful um and the thing that wine we've always talked about with wine um is you never want outside smells to interfere with wine right. because that it's distracting it's this it'll take
6: away from the wine just, just explain that for a second because for those of us that work in a tasting room or have ever worked in a tasting room when people come in and they're wearing cologne right. or perfume right. or patchouli yeah. or um Bubble, gut, chewing gum, like all those things, scented hand, soap, we all sort of roll our eyes lotion. a little bit yeah. when people come in like because that.
2: Because yeah, if, if you're there to focus solely on the wine, it adds an unplanned or a non-curated piece into that that may be very um, that may conflict entirely with it.
1: Changes the roadmap, yeah.
2: and and often in a way that's pretty unpleasant, right? Um, but what if you do that in a way? that in the same way that food and wine pairing is done that those two smells that smell actually accentuates what you have not even complementary but almost in that way when we put together when you have there are those like super complementary food and wine pairings but then you have those super like out of left field that create those third flavors or those fourth flavors that create something we haven't tasted before that create something we haven't experienced before it's not just an amplification it's actually like it is that extra dimensional outside of that known universe experience. So I started working pretty heavily at the end of last year, beginning of this year with actually matching up these smells and flavors and tastes and to create this kind of roadmap and this pattern of, for a tasting that has all of these elements where you smell something while you're tasting something and you smell them at the same time. And oh, like it is bliss on another level. Because it does give you all of those good feelings. It's it's like it, it, you know we have that term for often like kind of ASMR like uh, what is it? Uh, is it ASMR audio, audio sensory meridian response right. um, where you like, you get your you know you get that feeling of chills and you get that like ah! you know you hear like you know might be a, you know every single time it's like you know um, you know inspiration move me brightly when that starts you get that ah! you get that feeling and how can you create that magical feeling and that magical experience by putting two things together in an un um, say an untraditional way so that's really been the roadmap for this kind of wine and sensory or this wine aromatic pairing but it gets even better you start putting that with music and when the music starts working with it and then it's like it's almost like you know you've had a you've ever heard like speakers so good that even if you're like absolutely fine you're like "Ah, i think the wall's moving like you know you start to like wow i can you can see the sound waves right and it is really like lack of better terms it is a truly like it's taking wine into a psychedelic realm it's synesthesia it is like just the chills and it creates these flavors and senses that are just really beautiful and powerful um i love it and oh you can also um i don't know if we're going to go there in the valley dinner um you start adding vibration into it as well um I like this is this is where I'm gonna start to, if I don't sound wacky yet like wow Wait, let, hey, go there let let's just open up the let's just open up the let me show you my nuts um, oh,
4: um. I thought you wore them you on your face but whatever. Exactly, no. I like these
2: glasses come on um, no, but it is you start putting in like oh like. I have these um weighted tuning forks that um this is more of like some and a lot of people use them for massage and whole so you've got a scent you've got the wine on your palate you've got the tunes grooving and all of a sudden bang! you put that weighted tuning fork on you know whether your chest or your forehead or on top of your head it's good it's like it is like in pursuit of pleasure it is like that sensory feast that is just like, oh, it, um, and that's what I think we look for a lot of those things in life, those incredible peak experiences. Whether It's a bottle of wine, whether it's art, whether it's a meal, whether it's a concert. And when you start playing with all that together, you're just an unknown, uncharted territory that is so beautiful and so... Um, wonderful and so this dinner and this experience to get back to it is this all oh, right I about that. <laughs> so this thing at valley next thursday july 20th or is um is a 60 minute um wine aromatics tasting tasting we'll go through uh, four wines and a whole bunch of scents that are you know marked to everyone have a different experience and then it is a sit-down kind of family summer feast, and it's all upstairs in the Up Valley space. So in the up private, Valley? You've in never the been private, up there. oh, Up no, Valley, no. uh, Up there. So yeah, we've got. I think there's room for 16 people. There's still a few tickets left, and um, anyone that is uh, excited about having a really kind of outside the box, um, extra dimensional experience with wine, um, this is, it's got your name on it.
4: And this is like the proto. I mean, you've. I know you've been working on this for a long time, but this is sort of like the prototype of it all coming together. Absolutely. And so we've done some in the backyard and had folks
2: over and just the reactions been nuts. And what I also have to kind of tip my hat to is um, the folks that really got me into it are from New Mexico. Um, um, They have a company called Aromanosis and uh, it's a husband-wife couple. And um, the wife, Kathy, actually um, is from Europe but lived for a long time in Beaujolais and was married to a grower in Beaujolais. And from wine, got into the kind of the aromatic world and then moved to the States. And so um, her, she and her husband Florian came to the winery in January and we did a lot of like kind of pairings together and just had like, oh, like I, I'm gonna put that down as like one of the absolute best days I've ever had in wine. It's when you can see something put, come together, you're like, oh my gosh, there is a whole other realm to explore. Mm. And that is for me in anything, um, when you find that, like, you, you know, that taste or that flavor that follow that, like, star, um, it's a really exciting place to be.
1: Hardy, is this something that you're, it, will this be something you'll have in the tasting room? Oh, yeah.
2: And so we'll have it, we can't do it, it has to be kind of an all-in type thing due right. to the smell. Right. Um, but it will be a scheduled thing. Um, I think we're going to do it the, on the, once we start opening every other week. Yeah. And we'll have it scheduled for a certain slot at the end of the day. Um, so we can air out the space afterwards. Right. Um, but it is. Um, it's really fun. Yeah. And I that's one of the things for the tasting room is to have these kind of alternative kind of wine experiences that, yes, you, you should come in and be able to taste a bottle of wine, taste a, you know, a flight of wines that are like beautiful and meaningful on their own. But like. You want to see the stuff that gets me psyched? Like, let's yeah, do it. Like,
4: we, we and, just... and for those of you at home, this is a, a podcast is a, is a one sensory experience. You're literally vibrating talking <laughs> about no, this. No, I'm no. sharing a bench with you over here. And I'm <laughs> sure. like, this is like the tuning fork to the brain right now.
2: No, we need to find those things that like that you were so hungry and so psyched about and that we can't be afraid to do. Um, Because I think right now, more than any time that I've been in the wine industry, which has only been 14, 15 years, that I feel like we are at a turning point where like everything's open. Everything's open to discovery. And people want that. Doing the same thing we've always done isn't working well for a lot of people. And I think whether it's, it's not just younger drinkers, but it's even older folks that are looking to have more meaning in wine. And they're looking to have more meaning in their lives. And give them the experiences that can provide that. And um wine's an incredible vehicle, it's an incredible medium to ride and to have all these adjacent experiences around that and tastes really good. Totally how.
6: Yeah. Well, for people that don't kind of understand um what kind of senses will you be bringing cuz you have I mean you have a huge collection of stuff from Oh yeah. All over the place. So, yeah. can you just like mention a couple so, of them so people understand what you're talking about?
2: um Yeah. So, I, I won't name the scents because we actually serve them to. Um, one of the okay. things is that we serve them to everyone blind at first. Okay. Mm. Um, so you get the wine. We, we show you there is a kind of a, a method to how to do this. Um, mm. You get the wine. You get your smell stick. That's the different. method to the madness. Oh yeah. Um, Sorry, I started thinking about a Jurassic Park, Park Five song right there, um, or Jurassic Five. Was like, um, not Jurassic Park Five, but it's yeah. musical. Methods, move, 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 those musical talents. Oh.
4: We Up have there. that on vinyl in here.
5: Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so what we'll do is have a whole bunch of different smells. Some of them are oils, some are hydrosols, some um, are um, flower extracts, some are earth extracts. Um, but they all have very intense smells. And the thing is, the hardest part to do for someone at first, and we kind of have to let people kind of know beforehand, the, the job isn't to figure out what that smell is. The right. job isn't to like, oh, like I've smelled this before. I can almost put my finger on it. Right. The job is to actually, I hate the word in ways to let go, because let go has like a, you know, feels like you're holding like there's stress behind letting go the jobs to allow kind of allow that smell allow that taste to like just be and there's nothing to figure out besides like enjoy the ride enjoy the pleasure so the other part that's one of the things just so the part that I will share is that as soon as you swallow and even after you've moved that scent from your nose so you're kind of like nothing in your mouth, nothing in your hands. Um, it is amazing how that lingers, how those two things are just like, there's no wine in your mouth. There's no scent in your nose. And it's just fills your being. Um,
4: it's pretty fantastic. It, it sounds meditative because Very I, I meditative. think, you know, a lot of time when we, especially if you're a wine pro quotations noted, um, it's sometimes it's hard to enjoy wine because you're, thinking about it critically and analytically. Um, so to be able to sort of like, again, let go, maybe not be a word for it, but to sort of remove that constraint from it and just let it be, um, yeah, to me it. sounds like, it sounds meditative. Yeah, it's, um, I, I think
2: it's a very different way to experience wine in a really, um, you, and you can take it as, you can take it all the way down. Like it can be one that's pure bliss that you're like, oh, like I'm enjoying this. Or it can be that deep meditative like you go into the, uh, you go into the light
1: and um, that light smells and tastes
2: fantastic.
1: Well, and, and let's face I it, to, it eat it's, some light. <laughs> to go along with to go along with getting people to think about wine differently, the wine industry has spent its entire lifetime telling people what things taste like, telling them how to consume it, telling them what to consume it with, all those things. And, and, and even for that matter, you know, how much can a critic really get into a wine and allow a wine to grow on him when he's got 50 more in front of him? Right. Um, so it's just, it's a total different way to consume wine and think about wine and we all should be opening our mind a little bit more to it. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's, again, it
2: goes back to that point of like, how can we enjoy life more? How can we get more pleasure and more excitement and, again, it can be there. and It can also be that incredibly meaningful piece. Um, I'll just share something real brief that on um, the last time we did this, um, one of the women, um, it was a dear friend of ours, um, during one of the scent um, kind of pairings, you know, at the end was just like weeping. And you could tell she was having this incredibly powerful experience. And uh, we kind of talked afterwards and, she was saying this she's like it just smells like my father yeah. and she's like and her father passed uh, two years ago and she's like it smells like my father and she's like I. he's like he's just kind of holding me and having this incredible like just embrace and this and she's like he worked in concrete his entire life and just like it smelled like his shirts and just like him giving me a hug and because the smells were served blind at first it was the smell of petrichor <laughs> and that kind of you know, brain coming off pavement and concrete. Hmm. and just without knowing in this beautiful, just like, ah, oh, like, where like-
3: do you access? smell a scent of petrichor yeah
2: so i I get them from our friends in new mexico and it's like oh like i actually um after we're done i'll uh, let you take a whiff
4: um so good take a whiff one of those things where you like hope that first rain you go out to the parking lot and i got it like a little bit oh i got some oh man i want some more
1: (laughs) I, i mean i i you know what i'll share with you the the first time that i ever actually had an experience of wine being like like associating it with something from my, from my life. And it was, we were tasting white wines. Um, and the, the wine was, um, Froot Loops and it was like such <laughs> a thing. It was like Fruit Loops and the people I was tasting with, they were older and they didn't quite understand it cause they didn't eat Fruit Loops. But my friend Pat, who was the same age, he totally got it. We brought in the wine, brought in a box of Fruit Loops the next day and, there was it wasn't exactly the same but you totally saw how that happened and fruit loops isn't great because it's totally manufactured (laughs) aromas (laughs) and stuff
4: as a child of hippies never had fruit (laughs) loops in my life i was like not the cereal aisle we were allowed to go down but
1: (laughs) but but it's just that it and and it still sticks with me
2: no i mean this wine specific in a you know the full king crab too um when i finished putting this blend together was one of the more powerful scent memories that i've ever had um For me, this like smelling this takes me back to like a very specific time, like 1978, suburb of Boston where I grew up. My dad every Saturday would take my sister and I to um, Dunkin' Donuts, and they had these kind of bar stools that kind of you know it was kind of old school Dunkin' Donuts that had like seats at the bar that kind of wrapped around the round kind of spinny seats. But like smelling this brought me back to that time, like that was so important in my life. Those like morning saturday morning with my dad i could feel the seat you could feel the rips where those like kind of the pleather had kind of cracked and like it was the smell of like the cinnamon roll like it's not the cinnamon but it was the glaze and this honey honey dipped kind of cinnamon roll and just feeling that and experiencing that and just like again it's not just that you picture it it's that you go back there and you like you re-experience that feeling in like in the best way of like the true sense of the word that deep nostalgia that is like it's not just a memory it's like that deep feeling that almost is so good it hurts hard how did you name this wine sorry about <laughs> so the f- name here the full king crab too um so full king crab one it does go beautifully with full king crab which we have tested um at woo's wonton king in new york the the huge live king crab but it wasn't about the full it wasn't about pairing it with crab so my son's uh, godfather and uh, godparents live in uh, outside of Big Sky, or live in Big Sky, but we were at this bar kind of halfway between Big Sky and Yellowstone a couple years ago, and it was kind of that dive bar type thing where you know you get a beer and maybe a bag of chips, but you're probably not going to order much hot food or anything like that. <laughs> um, I go to use the bathroom, and there's tons of graffiti all over the wall, but like eye level right in front of the urinal, it just it was scribbled that said ought to get the full king crab. And I was already like, I was already, let's just say I was feeling magic already. I was like, oh, <laughs> and I look at this and I just start staring at it. I took a picture, texted from, the sent the picture to Kate from the bathroom because she was up at the house and um, I was like, this is the name of one of her new wines. And she's like, are you wasted? I'm like, yes. and she, But I'm like, but it makes total, she's like, I don't get it. And I'm like, I'm like, this is about getting the full king crab in life. This is not about like getting a um you know just ordering some crab and pairing it it's about like you order the whole like you order the whole king crab like just don't like don't half-ass it just fucking go for it and um yeah so i think sometimes we'll use that expression of like man just get the full king crab <laughs> like just so that was really where it came from and um yeah i like that idea um though it makes it tough to serve at um vegan or vegetarian restaurants who did your, who did that label <laughs> so the it's label uh cool. oh, the label our, our our art is um label art's really spectacular and it's it's, it's it's and speaking in a place that has amazing historic um you know we, we kind of took the picked that took the direction of the folks here at 16 600 and got like rock artists to do uh labels but this is done by a uh, artist named brian steely uh, he does all of our lo- artwork and for him his main gig i mean he's a designer but does uh posters for fish widespread panic willie nelson newport folk festival my morning jacket Humphreys mcgee like zillions of folks goose um but he's a
4: maybe our first goose reference on the podcast let's hey, shout him. that out
2: <laughs> goose are amazing <laughs> I, I, I love them yeah. shout out to goose yeah, um and um but yeah so brian um when we were switching from dirty and rowdy we had great labels with dirty and rowdy Kate was like, We really need something like beautiful and like just eye catching that's very different from what we did before. We're walking through the house and we have a fish poster that Brian did um, framed on the wall. She's like, That guy should do our, our poster art. And I just laughed and I'm like, Sure. And she's like, No, yeah, no, I'm going to find him and um, send him a message. About 20 minutes later, she sends a message back, like, He's totally going to make our labels. And I'm like, What? <laughs> and he's actually painting a mural or, um, he's uh designed the mural we have a local painter that's doing it uh next week but we're gonna have a huge steely mural on the wall and um he's like the most incredible guy to work with just like as creative and as into it as you can and as professional and just like on it this looks very
3: new york city art
2: deco it does has that cool like, like deco style meets like Deep. deep journey, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. a deep journey uh, the journey like the of mind blown. Uh, well, but, I mean, but that's how you're going to feel after this wine and aromatic experience next Thursday at Valley, <laughs> 7. PM, no, <laughs> actually 6 PM, um, but it's going to, yeah. but now we've, we've had so much fun doing this yeah. and it is just great again to have that spot. I mean, sometimes total freedom is overwhelming because you have so many choices, but at that same point, it's like, ah, oh, and you can take the best one.
6: Wow, dig it! I, I actually had a unique opportunity to to do a miniature version of this, um, like
4: in like the parking lot version, right? The
6: parking lot version yes. one day, and I and I haven't been able to talk about it. I've been so bummed. Um, <laughs> but it's amazing when you come from a a tradition, a more traditional background where everything is about food and wine, and then to taste the wines, and then get some of the aromas, and then taste the wines, and they were <laughs> Like it completely changes everything. I forgot and we it, did that at the back trunk right. with James, and yeah, yeah it was. Um, oh. So it, I'm telling you, if you have it's something, you should definitely do, um, and it'll blow your mind.
4: Thank you.
2: Yeah.
4: Well, if you can't make it to Valley, soon September first, September first. Yep, a couple times a month, it'll be yep. it'll be the uh, the hot new thing on the plaza. It'll, we're gonna get after it. Sweet, awesome, so awesome. stacked. So stoked for Sonoma to, oh, to, you know, get some get some California energy wine, get that Hardy Wallace vibe pumping oh. through town. Uh, not that, you know, not that there's not great things happening in Sonoma, but um, change it this up a little, a little bit. Little, yeah, this just yeah. raises it up a little bit. Uh, well, we are, raises the vibrations. Right. To well, extra dimensional levels. <laughs> well, we
2: just are honored to be near you all and have the support and just um, it feels so good. So Hardy, uh, you're
3: a big tray and the boys fan huh absolutely the fish fan yeah they've been around quite a while quite mate, a while you, you know and i remember the old stuff but it's god, it's god it's been like 20 years since i used to download it off of lime oh my gosh yeah so that, wow. that'll date me right
2: yeah. they gave you a couple viruses there yeah, like, exactly. like exactly. <laughs> killed a couple hard drives exactly uh, that <laughs> explains towards... where some of those shows went
5: that we lost <laughs> yeah, exactly
2: oh <laughs> uh, no I, yeah absolutely i mean I, I'm not seeing anything on summer tour yet, but I've listened to all of night one already. haven't listened to last night's show yet. And I just, I love, um, yeah, fish is just, again, it's one of those parts of like my, you know, my first fish show was 91. So it was in high school and just stuck with me. And, you know, I'm obviously also like follow the dead at that time. And, but fish definitely, it sounded like to me, um, it sounded like now. And that was something I won't say that is anywhere near as timeless as the dead, but there is this feeling of now. And I also like that idea of when you can go see artists now that I think, um, as we all age um, to see ideas and see representations of people that just get better and more creative, the further they go on. And in the music business, that's tough because you can easily rest on your laurels and you can kind of play the same things over again. And this is kind of how we do things. Fish has been like, the last couple of years since they came back from hiatus and even like the last four years, I feel like are on, they're better than I've ever seen them before. And you could say, yeah, like late nineties, there are, you know, other moments that were more like exciting and more like almost testosterone funk filled, but like, man, give me something that like, give me something that shoots, you know, touches your heart, man, they're... They're on another level. I like Trey's solo albums a lot. Oh my gosh, so good! And I, I've actually liked Trey bands over the last couple of years way more than I ever did. Like I feel like, again, you want to, you want to be and you want to watch artists that are having like one or so talented that it's just you're blown away by the talent. But beyond that, that you're like these people are having the best time of their life, and I'm just psyched to be part of it. It's yeah, it's really magic.
3: Well, it's like watching Bobby Weir on this last tour. Everybody's having a great time. We're having a blast. Yeah, one of you had not? one
4: one one of the last shows? I'm there already, pretty sure. <laughs> 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 I've been there for a few days. Is it, is it this weekend? It's, yeah. uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm actually um, going Friday night and Sunday night. Friday night, we're um, taking Althea and my nephew, Hudson, uh, her cousin. So it'll be a, a multi generational. Very cool. Uh, dead experience. The family, of the deads together stays together. Uh, and then um, Saturday night we're finally sending uh, some members of the sixteen six hundred team who usually get abandoned during <laughs> when the band's in town. So Jasmine gets to go to her first show, uh, right. and yeah. uh, and some beloved club members, and then. Sunday night, I'm going back again uh, without kids. So it'll be a little Don't weirder. It'll be a little weirder. The full experience. <laughs> and the last show. And the know? last show. Well, yeah, the la- the la- the final tour, the last show of the final tour. Mickey already dropped. Uh, like, well, we might keep going and just not tour, which is I always kind of thought. Man, they were clear careful to say it's not farewell it's just final tour right. so i think they'll still do you know some some residency kind of things maybe a mexico run or a vegas run or an msg or something like that but they're not gonna downtown you know, sonoma plaza downtown sonoma plaza sixteen six hundred tasting house John, I don't, <laughs> i'll I don't, bring I don't, this i'll bring the scent yeah only for wine if, club if you members just, if you've ever been <laughs> right. in the parking lot backstage of uh which I, i've had the opportunity um the buses the trucks that they for the sound system and the whole light would fill up like all of the plaza. Anyway, it's a pretty impressive, uh, these red trucks, they're just following me around the world. Um, uh, so I, I don't think we can get them here, but, uh, you know, maybe so. In fact, next month, not Bobby, but, uh, somebody who, this kid who's like, Bobby took under his wings as a teenager. Uh, I was going to play our vinyl Sunday, August 6th, Maddie Mishna uh, and with where's West. Um, and he's been, you know, he's been on stage with Wolf Brothers and, and Bobby all over the country. And uh, he's going to come here and hang out while we celebrate uh, our, our version of, uh, of rock art on a label, Stanley mass, who um, is recovering, had a stroke, not sure if he's going to be back to drawing. So we're going to have a big party and, and celebrate. All of uh, Stanley's stuff, uh, our labels, and all kinds of art and posters, and uh, it'll be a, it'll be a good time with, with Maddie Mishna, the next generation passing the torch, uh, hanging out. It'll be good.
6: Cool. Yeah. And then people that don't live around here that don't know Hardy, where can they get a hold of your wine? Yeah,
4: so you can go to
6: um,
2: the winery name again is Extra Dimensional Wine Co. Yeah, but to make it easy <laughs> to make it easy for folks on the uh, URL. You just have to type in Wineco, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you could type in it extra dimensional Wineco," co. Yeah. And it'll take you there, but we kind of make it easy for you on the spelling part. So go to Wineco, Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got a release coming up in the beginning of August. So that is a great time to sign up for the mailing list to get alerts for like when the next things go. Most of the wines are only made in a hundred case quantities. So they go. And um, yeah, we were just, we always psyched to get them into new hands and to uh, turn people on.
4: Yeah. yeah. Totally.
6: All right. You guys, uh, any other things you want to shout out? I well,
1: mean, I mean, we got all kinds of things. Happening. Yeah, Grenache Day. First of all, for, for Bart, uh, yes, I
3: just got a note from Roger Randall. I posted all of, all these photos on on online this morning. So he says you need a
1: pair of Hardy's glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll consult, um, I'll consult Hardy when we're done here. Uh, where he uh, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll take some of Bart's skills and I'll give him my glasses. <laughs> I, I, I right mean, back. you know, I, I, I probably heard about Hardy before anybody did because of Twitter. Oh, man. Um, and you've always it, like the glasses is not a, a late in life kind of thing. You've oh. always had the glasses
2: and I just can't pull off the cool uh, glasses. I've always been like, if you gotta wear them, scare them. Like they yeah. just like you gotta have that. You gotta like, go full king crab. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah. It's, my my mother likes to say, "Howdy, the Elton John and the wine world." And uh, <laughs> that's not really her <laughs> accent, but it's. Um, we're New Englanders yeah, originally, <laughs> so.
5: Yeah.
2: Any,
6: anyone that wants to get tickets, yeah, big news, I guess the, uh, so. Hospice de is now going to be in Walla Walla. Um, so we will not be going to Possible Rebels in April. We'll be going to Walla Walla. Book the house. Um, but if you want to just come here and taste a bunch of Grenache, oh, uh, right. before that, we are celebrating International Grenache Day. It's going to, We decided to turn it into a three-day event. So party on Friday, dinner on Saturday, concert on Sunday. I mean... <laughs> that's how it is. That's how we do it. Right. And... Um, Tickets available now for the Catherine Russell and Tony Saunders concert right. that we're hosting out at Denmark yeah. Barn. So Eventbrite
4: can... and on the website.
6: So easiest thing: go to 6600 uh, website, go to click on Buy Our Wines, Buy Our Wine. <laughs> the first, the first item, but buy wine. But then also, get also buy wine. Also, right. <laughs> but also buy, buy tickets, tickets first for the event. Yeah. And it's it's gonna be the best concert that Sonoma's seen, not just this year, but that Sonoma's seen in I, I don't know how Kevin long. Russell, I mean.
4: Yeah. Um, Grammy winners on, on a barn and uh, a vineyard. In how, how did you score this, Sam? I, I have known Catherine Russell my entire life from bef- pre going to Berkeley or Juilliard. I think she went to Juilliard. Like when she was, you know, she was like the babysitter. She changed changed my diapers and my brother's diapers. And you know, there was actually a great, uh, you know, Catherine. Um, This is like Sonoma in the 80s, late 80s. You know, not a lot of black people in Sonoma and we're fully it. We're at uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Catherine was babysitting us and they ran out of baseball nut. And that was my brother's favorite flavor. And he was having like this full on tantrum meltdown yelling screaming crying kicking and there's like this is like the only black lady in sonoma is like trying to (laughs) like deal with the situation and everybody's staring at us uh so she's you know she's she's been through a lot uh but now you know she's toured with steely dan david bowie uh just like an amazing amazing career and now does her you know her solo um, music, you know, with the quintet is basically like the encyclopedia of jazz. Um, you know, her father, Louis Russell was one of Louis Armstrong's, you know, musical composers and band directors. Uh, her mom, Carolyn Ray, was like I forget the name of her band, but was like one of the first like famous women in jazz, uh, amazing bass player. So she's just got this lineage and and gets up there on stage and owns whether it's you know the, from the Newport Folk Festival to Dizzy's Club in in New York to just like all over the world, and we get to go and hang out with her at the Denmark Street Barn, so awesome. it's gonna be fun. Well, yeah. and then Tony Saunders, oh, who, right? And Tony Saunders, who, who's been on stage with Jerry Garcia, and, opening act. And yeah. Then we, oh yeah, we, Tony Saunders told us, you know what? I'm
6: just gonna bring the Keystone Band. Yeah, exactly. And we'll so on. we're <laughs> gonna be listening to Grateful Dead, jazz, blues, and then and then wheel out the grand piano, right.
4: Yeah. going to figure gonna out how to get easy. a grand piano to a barn in the middle of a vineyard. Wow. Turns uh, out it's not as easy as it sounds. Let's <laughs> <laughs> put it on the forklift. Seriously, <laughs> how are you doing that? Uh, you Professional. hire professionals right. and you go, here's the problem, and then you close your eyes right. until have the they, piano's in place. Have they solved it? Have they figured uh, out They what the have hell hell it solved to do? extracting money from the American Express card, so they right. better right. fucking <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> The rest
6: will just fall into place.
4: Dang. God willing.
1: All <laughs> right. I got a shout out. Um, the 159th Vintage Festival is coming up. So uh, this year is the 199th vintage of uh, making wine in Sonoma Valley. Say and that again. The 199th vintage. Holy fuck. So next year will be 200 years of making wine in Sonoma Valley um and so the vintage festival which has been going on for 165 years 155 years something like that is september 29th and 30th on friday night they will have the legends dinner um which um we've added a small uh uh, silent or a small live auction to to raise some money to give away some scholarships and uh donations to local charities and then all day celebration on the plaza with the water fights are back. Grape stomping. Uh, grape stomping. Can I throw uh, potatoes at salamis? Art. You can throw potatoes Fuck at yeah. salamis. Yeah. Um, and then Saturday deep night. Sonoma call. Yeah. I'll explain later. <laughs> well, then <laughs> Saturday. Then Saturday night is the grand tasting at the barracks. Um, so get your tickets. Uh it's gonna be a great event.
4: Basically, arrive in Sonoma on September 14th or 15th. Right. And don't leave until October. Yeah. Okay. That's about it.
6: Yeah. Book the Fairmont, Sonoma Hotel, El Dorado Kitchen. Right. Yeah. Uh, Hardy, uh, Wallace, party is, Hardy Wallace is uh, Airstream. Absolutely. <laughs> At this point, it's
4: going to be the right. only thing left.
1: Right. <laughs> 900 but who are the legends because we we were involved last year with the legends dinner but yeah there people are still signing up for it um you know uh there's hopefully going to be a little more buy-in of some of the younger uh up-and-coming legends so to speak um you know it's just a celebration of sonoma valley wine and and really so the dinner is going to be um uh Ari from Glen Allen Star, they are catering it. It's going to be a B.R. Cohen up on uh, the Crush Pad, which has an amazing cool. view yeah. of the valley. Um and that night is a harvest moon. And that night oh, is a harvest moon. Yeah. Holy fuck. Wow. So um, oh,
6: let talk
4: about vibrations, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm the 2D forks. yeah there we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> Hardy might be one of the legends at the dinner. All right. I, I got one more. Are you done? Are you got yeah? You I'm got good. More? Okay. One totally out of the uh, uh so for my birthday, I went and played Sonoma Country Club, thanks to Stacey Wallace, dedicated podcast listener, who's been going to all those wine events all over town. And I, I think, and maybe it's taking too, mu- too much of our own horn, tooting our own horn, but you know when you go play golf and there's that little, like, pitcher full of sand and seed that you fill the divots? Stacy is putting compost in those things now, and there's, like... The seeds are sprouting in there as you're pouring it out, and I don't know if it's from listening to the show or not, but shout out to Stacy for like, pushing pushing the golf yep. world a little bit and yep. bringing some organic out there. Dig it, yeah. dig it. It was and, cool to and, see. Yeah,
1: and and thank you, Stacy, for your recent order. Also, I yes. appreciate that
4: dedicated wine yeah. buyer <laughs> and, and showed up to the Moon Mountain District tastings, and he's a great guy. Are there little uh, stickers, well, uh, sixteen six hundred stickers on the? Well, maybe on pants? a couple, <laughs> <laughs>
3: but Stacy didn't put there them there. <laughs> Sorry, Stacy.
5: <laughs> <laughs> all right
3: <laughs> well all right i guess that's it that's yeah. what a fun show hardy thanks for oh, coming man thank you so much He's for having me made, back made our week that's oh, for sure so absolutely and we have some good news about the podcast coming up so yeah
1: i didn't let's just it. leave it with go go full king crab yeah that's that, the actually. idea right
3: there so <laughs> all right everybody thanks for listening i'm john myers and we are indeed the winemakers subscribe talk review week. tell your friends yeah especially review thanks hardy you're welcome